into the contest. It's Monday the 19th of April. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert and Shane Lee, it's great to be back, my friend. Is your family still away? Are you still cooking pigs on spits and sitting back on the couch as the cleaners? Rush around you? No, mate, I'm not. The family is back, which is great. And um, I had the I had the great Richard Chiquio for dinner on Saturday night. He says sends his regards, mate. He wants to call you Timmy G. He said, I don't know what what that is, but that's a nickname he wants to give you. Yeah, I'm happy to run with that. I, I played cricket <laughs> against his brother, and he smashed me all around the field. I love Cheeks as well. Obviously, worked a lot with him over the years. Okay, well, it's giving him that Spartan Rugby League ball, the Bulldog Gears sign ball away very very soon. It will be announced on Friday. So just follow us on our Twitter page your Facebook, that is Afternoon Sport, and who knows, you may be walking away with a signed Spartan ball from the Doggies today. Corey McKernan, all things AFL and so much motorsport about with John Thompson. League, so much of it, so many great moments. I was there for the Dragons and Warriors yesterday, and the Warriors played very well at, at Cogra. But some of those things that uh, 40 meter field goal from Adam Reynolds to get those Rabbitohs back in front, then we saw Luke Brooks run the distance only to find out that Tom Burgess had put the ball under the post. But I suppose the big story is this HIA story coming out of Melbourne where they've virtually admitted to sort of playing around with the rules. You don't want to see this, do you, Shane? No, Craig Bellamy is a bit of a genius on the rules, and hes uh, I won't say he's exploited the rules over the years, but he definitely knows how to play just within the boundaries of the rules and, uh, and get around it. And, yeah, it is a really, really big story, and um, I think you'll always find that when they bring in these new rules in, in any sport um, – the players and the teams that are able to adapt to those faster are generally the ones that perform better. So um, it's not great for NRL, but um, they've got to get it right because it is a really key part. We don't want players leaving the game with head injuries, but we also don't want the games exploited. Oh, well, they just need to be absolutely brutal on this. They need to be mm. brutal on anyone who is seen uh, sort of playing around with the edges of the concussion rules because it is a massive, massive story. There's little doubt of it. And we're going to see a lot more talk about that throughout the course of the week. The Sheffield Shield final, you won't be happy with the result. Queensland dusted them very early on the final day, New South Wales. Yeah, shattered there. It was... Um Queensland, too good. In particular, Marnus Labuschagne, um, 192 he scored. New South Wales really went into the Shield game with a really sort of top, um, a weak top order um, and were exploited too um, by the Queensland fast bowlers um, in particular. But, um, yeah, it's interesting that New South Wales, our fast bowlers in Mitchell Stark, once again, not taking many wickets. Hazelwood was sort of not effective. Um, they're two great fast bowlers, those guys, but... It would have been great to see them stand up a little bit more. But, yeah, Marnus Labuschagne, 192, the number one batsman in Australia at the moment. I think he's he's getting close to passing Steve Smith. And what about this event in Florida, the boxing, Jake Paul oh. and Ben Askren? A massive spectacle. The Black Keys played. Snoop Dogg was there. Uh, and there's questions over whether Askren took a dive. It only went for a minute and a half, and he walked away with half a million plus because of getting his cut of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the sales of the TV. It was extraordinary. But you know you're doing well when Snoop Dogg shows up to, to, to perform. But uh, yeah, a minute 40 seconds and Askram goes down. Um, that's $5,000 per second. 
he made from that purse. But yeah, it's an uh, interesting sport. Uh, you know, Jake Paul, the YouTube superstar, taking the cash there. Yeah, and Oscar De La Hoya, he was off with the fairies commentating. They just quietly adjusted <laughs> yeah. him to one side. Yeah, quite a spectacle. What a weekend of AFL Melbourne Demons fans. Boy, oh boy, it was early 1960s. 1964 since they last won the flag. Corey McKernan is here real soon. Well, 1964, the Beatles were the top of the pops, uh, Rolling Stones were at the best, and the Melbourne Demons last won a premiership. Corey McKernan, are they daring to dream, my dear friend? They're daring to dream, but uh, I think there's some significant tests still to come. But I think if you're a Melbourne fan, dare I say it, it's pretty hard to miss the finals from here, but if anyone can do it, Melbourne can. <laughs> Five in a row. Five in a row. Tell us about it. Another great win. No, look, even even when you work at the pure maths of it all, that really you only have to win less than your remaining games and you're going to be playing finals football. But look, I think for Melbourne, and I know I might be jumping forward a little bit, how good will uh, Anzac Eve be this week when you've got their absolute biggest test yet? They're playing the reigning premiers at the MCG, the crowd capacity back up and running, and this is going to be this is going to be the moment that Melbourne's going to start to get judged for. But you know, boys, it was a bit like the the Sydney Swans the other week going to the MCG and playing the reigning premiers at the MCG. If they can get over it, well, then they can start to get this real confidence about them that they can compete. And they really need to be able to. I mean, it's all right to be five zip, but they've got to get a scalp. Yeah, I agree, mate. And the Western Bulldogs are the standard. I think they're a they have a fantastic midfield. I tell you, the guy I do like is this is a is a pronounced Petrek the midfielder from the Demons. He looks really good, Christian Petrarca. So for yeah. those that don't know, look, I, I think earlier in his year he was one of those in his career. Sorry, he was one of those players that always had an abundance of talent, but. It's really over the last sort of 12, 18 months that he's really tapped into it and he's, you know, I mean, in his body shape, he really has got that sort of cross between a Dustin Martin type player that he can be dynamic and ballistic, wins the ball in the midfield and when a big moment comes, he's, look, I'm looking forward to seeing a Christian Pachaka, what he can do on a big stage, like on Saturday night, if there's 80, 85,000 people in there, this is a game for him to stamp his authority to say, hey, I belong in the conversation with the Dustin Martins of the world. Yeah, and it's not, you don't have to go back in the history books to find that premiership. So they've still got a lot of the bones of that team. They've got the same coach. So Western Bulldogs, let's keep a good watch on them. Look, that derby has really turned into something, hasn't it? The Swans and GWS, when it's on, it's on. And uh, look, Shane and I, both Swans fans, but uh, the GWS, well, they got the win and they, they cheered all over social media about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting, and we're, we're going to have him on, hopefully, as a guest later in the week when I was talking to Jason McCartney. You nearly felt like when I was talking to Jason, the leading to game, me as an outsider was nearly thinking, well, hang on, can the GWS, are they going to go either way this year? But they've really shown that they're not really a spent force yet. And look, on uh, that was such a great win for them when, you, when your backs have been up against the wall a little bit, you're missing a number of players. And to be able to beat the Swans at the SCG, undefeated, with Buddy, I mean, it's it's a, it's a pretty good scalp for GWS and, and, and the things are still 
you know, I mean, still th- things are going pretty good at GWS. It was funny. We, we spoke about this, didn't we, Corey, uh, uh, earlier in, particularly after the Swans beat Richmond, but expectations becomes a big part of, of, of a team's life they have to deal with. Um, the Swans have a lot of expectations. Buddy kicked five goals, but, you know, the likes of Logan McDonald, who was playing really well in the first couple of rounds, he hasn't got a goal in the last two matches. Well, isn't it interesting, Shane, like all of a sudden Buddy kicks five and then, all the other players are missing out on their goals. Yeah, so yeah. I think, look, that's probably all it is too. They're probably learning their balance. Whereas before, and I, you know, I mean, I probably experienced this a little bit playing with Wayne Carey that, to be honest, you do expect the ball going to them a fair bit, but you've yeah. just got to learn how to play with one another and they'll work it out. Like I, I, I think, as you said, the expectations on the Swans, when you win four games in a row, um, you know, I mean, start to go up, but it's, it's actually a good part of footy. Trust me, as a North Melbourne supporter, I'd rather swap them. <laughs> just on that subject, there were a couple of moments yesterday, weren't there? But uh, just not enough. Uh, and Geelong got the chocolates for, for North Melbourne. Five losses in a row. Oh, look, when, when I say we, I still classify myself as a North Melbourne supporter. Look, I, th- this is what's going to happen in a lot of their games this year. They're going to start really well. He's got those smaller bodies. Um, you've got a, long, a lot of young kids playing. But look, I do like the style that they're trying to play. At least they're not trying to shut down games of football. They're still trying to play a particular way. And look, it is going to be a long, long, hard year. But I mean, like I'm sort of, I'm happy. And it's not unexpected to see what is actually happening at the moment. Now, Anzac Day, could we see a full crowd, Pies versus Bombers? How good would that be? You know, as soon as you said that, I actually had goosebumps at the thought of that, just that, for those that haven't had the experience of going to the MCG, Anzac Day, last post, 95,000 people, is one of the great sporting experiences around the globe. And it will be an amazing sight if they can make that happen because when, when, you, when you see um, the ceremony before the game, it's that quiet at the MCG. And one thing I give Melbourne fans, they are unbelievably respectful um, at, at respecting the minute silence. And then you can actually hear the air conditioner at the MCG. It's that quiet. But then when you hear that hear that roar afterwards, there is nothing like it. And the other thing is, on Anzac Day, remember, it's 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 nearly better than grand final day because you've got to – it's 50-50 split, whereas mm. gra- the, the corporates on grand final day, now all the corporates out there keep spending your money. But um, at least on on Anzac Day and even prelim final um, crowds in the in in the final series, they're the, they're the occasions where you've actually got fifty thousand Collingwood fans and probably fifty thousand Essendon, and the noise in the MCG is utterly unbelievable. Yeah, and look, put it all in perspective and context, last year we were in bubbles playing in Queensland, not playing for a good part of the season. So this just adds even more theatre to this whole idea of a packed MCG. And of course, uh, in the NRL, you've got the Dragons and the Roosters at the SCG, which has become a fantastic tradition as well. Now, just on Collingwood to finish with, Nathan Buckley, Now we looked at the start of the season that he would be under pressure if the team underplayed or underperformed and they are doing that. So it's going to continue to mount. Like if the Bombers rip them apart this week, um, the, the the bells will be ringing. Yeah, but I, I did feel for Bucks on the weekend because there was a real noticeable difference in the pies, how they, they'd re- really set up. And it's amazing. I, I'd been, I don't think I'd said it to you guys, but I'd been pretty vocal about the fact that, okay, um, more can mark the ball down back, but is that really winning your games of footy? And this, this week he went forward 
he marked the ball a lot, but he actually kicked the ball like a backman. So if yeah. he can if he can maintain that target down forward, and like I said, I like the things that they were trying to do. I think they realised they were just they were trying not to lose games rather than trying to win them. And if they can, if they were just unlucky losing to Goey and Howe, like they're two pretty significant outs in the way that the Pies play. But look, I, I think if they maintain that positivity about how they're playing and leave Darcy more forward, I think they'll, they'll go all right, Collingwood. No, beautiful, Corey. Thanks for your time again, mate. Thanks, boys, and looking forward to a cracking Anzac Day in all codes. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, John Thompson. All the action from Imola, and there was a plethora of it. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. When too much motorsport is never enough, John Thompson, goodness gracious me, what about Imola? It never ever fails to present something worth watching. It was an amazing Grand Prix. Fabulous race. And, uh, you know, my recipe for a good Formula One race, just add a little water. And that's yeah. what happened at Imola uh, yesterday. Uh, it was raining at the start, and that really threw the cat amongst the pigeons. Max Verstappen drove a fantastic race uh, to win the Grand Prix for Red Bull and beat out his rival and really, again, assert himself as a... Uh, chance to win the championship away from Lewis Hamilton this year. Lewis Hamilton made a small error, ran off the track, uh, but luckily for him, uh, there was a big crash not long after that. There was a yellow flag and uh, he was able to stay in contention, but he was shuffled back down the pack and he drove a fantastic race too to come from uh, outside the top 10 to actually come second and be Mm. challenging Max Verstappen or potentially challenging Max Verstappen at the end. Uh, a great race too for Lando Norris, the teammate of Daniel Ricciardo, to uh, grab the final podium spot. But um, Daniel Ricciardo also, uh, he struggled a bit with the performance of the McLaren and getting on top of that, but was still able to bag some points and got some praise from the team's uh, principal, Andreas Seidel, for, uh, for bagging those points. And now McLaren, is third in the the Manufacturers' Championship, which I think is very important for McLaren. They're ahead of Ferrari, and they're only 12 points shy of Red Bull. Uh, Tomo, what about the the prangs and the the blobs on social media? Yeah, indeed. Uh, It's a massive battle going on between Valtteri Bottas and George Russell. Uh, George Russell is actually a Mercedes-Benz protege, and, uh, you know, you can divide it either way, but I think George Russell was at fault in the big collision that actually caused the race to be red flagged and stopped for uh, about half an hour. Mm. Uh, but Valtteri Bottas and uh, George Russell are really at each other on social media. Um, they're a little way to play out before uh, all that's sold, but I think there may be some uh, reconciliation and arbitration by Mercedes-Benz. As I say, George Russell's a, a junior protege for that team and driving for the Williams team, but I think he was just a bit impetuous uh, in the, the Imola race. Mm. Yeah, as you say, just add a little bit of rain, you know, and it all it all happens. Uh, look, uh, Simmons Plains, uh, Van Gisbergen, he looked invincible on Saturday. It was six in a row and then finally lost one yesterday. Yeah, indeed. The, the first uh, race yesterday was the tables were turned on him by his own teammate, Jamie Winkup, who finally got a win. Clearly the Red Bull uh, and Pole racing cars 
uh, are very quick. And obviously, Van Gisbergen's been taking advantage of that. But he's been in rude form. Uh, just a couple of small tactical errors meant that uh, he was shuffled uh, back through the pack a bit, still taking second. But then in the final race yesterday, a totally different winner in Chaz Mostert, who hasn't won a race since the uh, Formula One Grand Prix uh, at Albert Park, the meeting there in uh, 2019. And it's his first win for the Walkinshaw and Andretti United team. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, he's shown speed all the way through there, uh, Mostert, but uh, hasn't been able to bag a win, which was great. The other good thing was the um, the performance of the Dick Johnson Racing Mustangs with Will Davison taking second and then um, uh, Anton Di Pasquale taking third in the Mustangs. So that's a, that's a rebirth of that team. Two new drivers for 2021. And they've shown that they can uh, build on the reputation and the performance of Scott McLaughlin before he left the team at the end of last year. Hey, Tom, I talk about first wins and uh, and bagging a win. What about your Manly Seagulls, mate? Well, we, we did bag a win last last week. It was a, <laughs> only a one-pointer. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic effort up in Mudgee on the weekend. And don't we need Tom Trevorovich? Goodness me. Yes. What a, what a champion he is. He has really... Uh, consolidated that team. And I think given uh, Daly Cherry Evans uh, a few options, which he didn't seem to have in the first uh, three or four weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah, they look like a different football team, didn't they? So, yeah, Tommy Trebojevic will be great for New South Wales as well. And, of course, MotoGP last night. Yeah, well, not a great race for uh, Jack Miller in the in the top-line MotoGP race. He crashed out about three-quarters of the way through. He'd been as high as second and looked like he was uh, performing well, but it wasn't a very good race for any of the uh, – the uh, Ducati teams, the Pramac team uh, also had a fairly significant crash, although um, uh, Miller's teammate, Bagnaya, finished um, finished in second for Ducati, so they got a podium in the main race. But in the secondary race, uh, good news for Aussies with uh, a fantastic effort by Remy Gardner. We spoke about him a week or so back. Uh, son of Wayne, a fantastic ride. He was as low as fifth and dropped back there a couple of times who was able to battle on and uh, take second in amazing last lap performance. And that puts him at the top of the Moto2 standings after two rounds. So uh, a great race on a really spectacular circuit at Portimao in Portugal, which is where the Formula One cars will uh, be in a Mm. couple of weeks' time. Yeah, and the great names live on the Gardner name. Tomo, uh, congratulations on Manly. I know it's made you very, very happy. You sent me a long protracted text. They're daring to dream and they're saying Des is an absolute mastermind now after he was almost out the door a few weeks ago. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Of course, you are our man for motorsport right here on Afternoon Sport. Good on you, guys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Corey McKernan and John Thompson and our wonderful sponsors, Shane. Yeah, check out Spartan Sports' brand new website, mate, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, our brilliant producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sports news. See you then. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.